0: I'm so excited to get to come up and and share what God is doing in my life uh, as we kind of walk through uh, the book of Hebrews. And what an awesome Sunday to get to come up on Dedication Sunday when we get to see our children kind of coming into uh, the presence of Christ through their families and through our church and supporting them. And so that is just a really, really cool thing for me to see, especially as a father. And so... I, I'm going to apologize. There are a couple of you that were here at Encounter on Friday night, and so you're going to have to hear me speak twice in one week, and that's a, that's a little rough. So um, I appreciate you guys coming out again, even though you knew I was speaking. It will be different content, though. So um, if you've been uh, coming to church uh, recently, you know that we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and we've been walking through step-by-step, verse-by-verse how Jesus is better. And so tonight we're going to talk about how Jesus is the better fulfillment. Jesus is the better fulfillment. And as I was walking through the scripture, uh, God just started revealing some things to me, and, and I kind of was trying to decide how did I want to start this off, and I thought it'd be really great to start off with a question. So when I think about Jesus is the better fulfillment, what question comes to mind, and it's this. Have you ever found yourself chasing a goal or accomplishment, some achievement that currently sits somewhere out of reach for the future you, maybe even the better you, to reach and enjoy only to disappoint you when A, you don't reach that goal, or B, you reach it and are not satisfied once you do. And so I thought uh, of an example, it's a little bit of a silly example, and I think for those of you who know me, you're not going to be surprised that I've been on the mic less than five minutes and I'm about to talk about video games, so that should not come to a surprise to many of you. Um, But an example that came to mind in my life was recently uh, Mario Maker 2 came out on the Nintendo Switch. Fantastic game, and very immediately there was this one level that a maker had created that became extremely popular, and it was called 1-1 with a Twist. The premise of the level was it was the very first uh, Mario level to ever be created, and, and what this maker did, and a maker is just a player that has created a level and put it out on the internet essentially for people to try, He recreated that first level, but he put all kinds of spinning fireballs within the level. So many that so there was only one path to beat the level, and you had to travel that path with an exact timing. And so I spent hours and hours and hours and hours trying to beat this level because I thought, man, if I could beat this level, this might be like the pinnacle, like the crowning achievement of my video game career which I know everyone tracks very closely, so I was, like, really, really putting a lot of effort into this. And so, I, you know, I would, I would make it, like, maybe literally four seconds into the level and die. Six seconds into the level and die. And it's about a 40 to 45 second level. And so I, by the time that I got 20, 25 seconds in, I'm literally actual hours into this level, and it's just beginning to consume my life. Nothing else exists except for this level. I do what's necessary and as soon as I have free time, I go back to this level and I I just, I have to beat it. Never mind that there's all kinds of joy to be had in the other parts of this game. There are other levels that are just super fun and entertaining to play. You can make your own levels. There's just all kinds of great stuff about this game, but I became consumed with the idea that if I could beat this level, that I would have this sense of fulfillment. I would feel achieved and accomplished and, and somehow maybe even like receive a plaque in the mail for how amazing a gamer I am. And so I did, I finally, I beat the level. We'll cut to the end of the story. We'll cut hours and hours out. I'll just, spoiler alert, I beat the level. And at the time that I beat it, I think there were about 120 to 130 successful clears out of 1.5 million attempts. So it was like a .00001% success rate for people running this level. And when I was finished, I was kind of shocked because I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel fulfillment. I didn't feel happiness. I felt relief. I thought, oh my gosh, I can go on about my life now. I can enjoy the rest of this game. I can do all that. Like my life is opened up. I'm free. And so often, even though that's a silly example, so often there's things in our life that we set as something that we have to achieve on our own. Some fulfillment that we're chasing and we become obsessed with it. And all the while we're missing the things that God is doing around us, because we have these blinders on for this, this unreachable, unattainable thing that we're working toward. And so I wanna to talk tonight about how we should focus that energy, not on what we can accomplish, but focus that energy on drawing near and close to Christ so that he can fulfill us. Because he is the fulfillment that never fails or disappoints. He is the better fulfillment. So in order to discuss how he's the better fulfillment, I kind of want to do a couple of things. I want to first define fulfillment for the purposes of how we will talk about it tonight. I wanna read through the scripture as a whole, and then I wanna pray with you guys, and then we'll break it down. So the best possible way for us to define fulfillment for our purposes today is the meeting of a requirement or a condition. That is to say, in order to be fulfilled, we must meet a determined standard Or condition of holistic development. And so true eternal fulfillment begins and starts to occur when we can recognize that those conditions cannot be met on our own, but can only be realized through the power of the living Christ working through us. Those conditions cannot be met on our own. They can only be accomplished by Christ living and working through this. And so we see in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 23, I'll read through the whole set of scriptures that we will be going over today, and then we'll break it down. In verse 23, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the aspects of our life that you wish and desire to take care of, the things that you want to give us. God, thank you by faith we can live a life so much more fulfilling than what we could accomplish on our own. I pray that tonight you would speak through these words speak through me and open up the hearts of those who are here to hear this message one that i feel is so important for those of us who live in the city there's constant demand and constant pressure for us to get it right for us to achieve the next step god i pray that we would focus that energy on you and allow you to work through us in ways greater than we could ever imagine we ask these things in your son's name amen and so as i was reading that set of of scripture, I immediately thought, this is no coincidence that that I got this (laughs) scripture to speak on, because this is something that I constantly struggle with in my life. I have this constant desire to set goals and to try to achieve those goals, and then to kind of analyze the process in which they occurred and see if I can replicate that success. Those aren't necessarily bad things, but when you take those traits and you put them above where Christ is in your life, which I tend to do, especially when I'm stressed, it can be very, very unhealthy. And not only is it unhealthy, it's limiting to what God wants to do in your life. And so I want to look at an example of true fulfillment through Moses and his family. So in verse 23, we see that it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So there was a law at the time. Uh, Pharaoh was afraid of the growing uh, population of the Israelites. And so he placed this law that said, hey, any male that is born needs to be thrown into the Nile. But God provided for the parents of Moses. And the thing that he provided was our first point. He provided hope. And so God, Christ, desired to fulfill the life of Moses and his parents by providing hope. As they looked at their son and they said, look, we know that there's this law and we know that we're putting our own safety at risk, but we have hope that God has filled us with that because of the way our child looks and because of the feeling we have about it and the feeling that God has placed in our lives, we have hope that he has more plan for him than the king's edict, than this evil plan that we're just supposed to toss him aside. We've been filled by the power of Christ with hope. And so we're going to put our own safety at risk and we're going to put our son in a basket and we're going to hope that God takes care of it. Moving on to verse 24, we'll actually go through the points that I have fairly quickly. And so um, if you want to write these down, uh, be my guest. But if not, uh, just kind of zero in and, and really focus on what God has to say. In verse 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So I want us to look at at two words, choosing and refusing. Refusing. Both of those are active words, okay? Moses didn't passively sit back. We fast-forwarded. That hope that God had given his parents has been truly fulfilled because now he's in a situation where he is safe, and not only is he safe, he's thriving, but he refuses to let his status on earth be the only way that he's known, and he chooses rather to leave that status and place himself within the community that God has given him. So the first thing that God gives us and fulfilling our lives is hope. The second thing that he gives us is community. God gives us a community, and through that community, he supports us, and he loves us, and he shows us, look, there's more for you than what you can see on earth. If you can look past your situation If you can look past your current surroundings, I have more planned for you and there's more that I want to give you and my community that I want to give you is more valuable than whatever status you can achieve on your own on this earth. Verse 26. Why would Moses do this? Why would Moses give up his status and go to this community? It's because he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking to the reward. So the third thing that God provides for us in fulfilling our lives, the third thing is value. Moses looked past his current situation. He looked past the fact that he was a god prince and some think maybe one day a god king. He looked past the fact that he was on the in-route and the the fast-track graduation program for the most powerful community, if you will, or the most powerful group of people on the earth at the time. He looked past that and he saw value in what God wanted to give him because he wasn't looking for fulfillment that he could achieve on his own. He wasn't looking for fulfillment that was given to him through earthly possessions or earthly people. He was looking for fulfillment that came to him through Christ. And so why would he leave his status? Why would he go into this community? It's because he saw value. God gave him foresight of how valuable this community was verse 27 and 28 by faith he left egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible again he's looking past the visible he's looking past the situation into what god is showing him verse 28 by faith he kept the passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them so god provides hope he provides community he provides value The fourth thing God provides for us in fulfilling our lives is safety. God provides safety. He provides safety from the burdens of the world. He provides safety from the dangers of the world. He provides safety from ourselves. Oftentimes when things are going well and and it's on me, I've put the burden on my shoulders to carry out whatever it is that is the next step in my life and I achieve it, what's the first thing I think? Man, what a good job that I do. And that's dangerous. God provides safety from that thought process when we fully invest in His kingdom, when we fully step into His provision and what He wants to give us. He protects us from those things. The last thing, and the most important so, if you've fallen asleep or you're back awake, make sure you pay attention to this part. Verse 29. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea, as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. He provides hope, community, value, safety, and he provides all those things because the ultimate thing he wants to provide for us in fulfilling our lives is freedom. He wants to provide freedom from having to do it on our own. He wants to provide freedom from death. He wants to provide freedom from worry. He wants to provide freedom from saying, look, if if I don't do this, it's not going to get done. And he wants to provide freedom from the pressure that we put on ourselves to achieve the next step by ourselves. As I was studying these different parts of scripture and just hearing God speak those singular words out to me during each section, I thought, man, this sounds like really familiar. This sounds like something I've studied before and something that, that I just already know in my head, but it's not a spiritual thing. And I, I recognized and realized this sounds a lot like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you're familiar, this is basically a study that we as humans, but Maslow specifically, use to discern and put into place different levels of need in one's life so that you can become the best you you can be, so that you can, in his words, self-actualize. And so a lot of these hope, community value, safety, freedom, they're not direct one-to-one correlations, some are, but a lot of them encompass parts or whole parts of Maslow's hierarchy of need. And so when you self-actualize within Maslow's hierarchy. What that means is is you have become the best version of you. You have actualized or you have made reality the best possible person you can be, the best version of what you are trying to become. And so I thought to myself, How does this correlate with what we're looking at in Hebrews and and Jesus is the better fulfillment? If I can work to fulfill myself and I can become self-actualized, the best version of me, what does it look like if I take that away and through prayer and through studying scripture and through meditation and through spending time with Christ and surrounding myself with the church and being encouraged and sharpened and and all those things that we're called to do. If I do that and spend my energy doing that, what does that look like? And it doesn't look like becoming self-actualized it looks like becoming Christ actualized. What I mean by that is instead of becoming the best that we can be, we become anything and everything that God has planned for our lives within a bigger structure than just our life. When we become Christ actualized, we are doing our part for the kingdom to build something that will last for eternity rather than focusing all of our efforts on building something that will only affect us is limited and non-eternal. And so I want to challenge us tonight because this is speaking to me. This is exactly what I struggle with because often, how many of you are familiar with Enneagrams? That's, That's like, okay, it's popular, right? And so one of the things about Enneagrams is it tells you kind of like standard when things are going well, this is who you are and this is your personality. But when things are stressful and when you're struggling, this is who you are and this is your personality. And so for me, when when things get stressful, I really want to focus in and say, okay, what all can I reel in? I put all this out there for God to take care of, and now I'm going through a little bit of stress. So I need to take this back, and I need to take this back, and I need to take this back, and I need to make sure that I can control those things in my life. Because at least if the worst comes to worst, I know that these things are controlled by me. That is the exact opposite reaction we should have when things are stressful. We should be giving more to God. We should be trusting more in him because the odds are, especially in my life, the reason those things are going wrong is because I haven't given it to him enough. It's because I already have like a bit of a chokehold on him and, and the second that something goes slightly wrong, I want to just pull them back. So my challenge tonight for myself and for all of us is to spend time in prayer. Spend time reading scripture. Spend time with your Christian brothers and sisters and allow them to encourage you to not self-actualize. It's not a bad thing to try to improve things about yourself. But as Christians, our main focus shouldn't be what can we move toward and and what's the next goal that we can achieve. Our main focus should be drawing near to Christ so that we can become all that he plans for us to become. When we, by faith, allow God to do those things in our life. He not only meets our needs, he not only fulfills us, but he fills us up in incredible ways that we could never dream of. To the point where we're not by ourselves filling our cup as high as it can go, he's filling it enough to overflow so that we can affect the lives of others and serve his kingdom in a better way. Let's pray. Lord, you are amazing. You are incredible. I know you have so many incredible plans for the lives of those who are here tonight. And God, maybe some of those plans have been put on hold because we just don't trust you enough. We just have too much of a a hold on aspects of our life because we want to control them. And the culture around us, says that that's what we should do. We're encouraged by non-Christian thought that if we're going to be somebody, if we're going to achieve something of merit, that that has to come from us. But God, I pray tonight that we would cast that lie aside and we would rest in the truth of your word that says you have done that already for us. And the only thing we need to actualize everything, to make a reality. Everything that you want for us is to live by faith. We just ask these things in your son's name. Amen.